The presented content does not provide or constitute medical, financial, or legal advice. The content is for information purposes only. Viewing or listening to the content does not constitute a physician-patient, dentist-patient, fiduciary-client, or attorney-client relationship. Welcome to Knowledgeable Aging. I'm your host, Jason Kotar. Joining us today to talk about creative engagement and home care is Patricia Dubroff. Patricia is the Director of Community Relations for Assisting Hands Home Care. Patricia joined Assisting Hands in March of 2019. She has over 35 years of experience in caring for seniors through creativity and coaching. She creates partnerships with our senior communities to share educational and creative tools about the important role caregivers have in our families' lives. She connects with our families as they enter the caregiver world, listening carefully to their stories and finding solutions to their caregiving needs. How are you doing today, Patricia? I'm doing fantastic, and it's an honor and pleasure to be here with you, Jason. Thank you so much. So many of your programs, very broad range, interesting guests. Love the way you do this. Thank you so much. I really do appreciate that. So I am really, I'm very much looking forward to our conversation. You and I have had the opportunity to talk a couple of times. So the title of the webinar today, I want to start with what is creative engagement? Okay, so this is a really relatively new field um, advanced by the aging community, actually, because what was discovered um, many, many years ago by Dr. Jean Cohen is that making art improves your well being. And setting an intention, you know, welcoming gratitude, all of those pieces are creative engagement. So anytime you look at art, you listen to music, you read poetry, you make art, you go see a dance performance, you dance yourself, you do yoga, those are roles of creative engagement. And when you intentionalize them, then it becomes a healing modality. And this became super popular in nursing homes, assisted living, and independent living communities, and has sort of branched out from there. Um, so you've been in the field for over 35 years. Why the creative uh, engagement or why this industry spoke to you? So at the time, I had two little girls um, and they were in public school and I wanted to work in their time frame. So I was looking at communities that needed art engagement and Lo and behold, it was the senior community that popped up and I was able to get a family foundation grant for my first program. And um, we started what became a best practice in the country, um, an arts and artists in residence program that allowed residents to participate in multiple art programs during a week instead of just like one art class a month. And that produced such a great effect on these uh, residents. So we were seeing outcomes of improved um, blood pressure, lowering blood pressure. We were seeing social engagement. We were seeing um, behavior changes. We actually, when I worked at the VA, we put a program together called Shifting Moods. And at the change of shift for the um, nurses for the caregiver staff we actually had live music and I got to tell you when people came into the space and heard that music and it was jazz they would dance into their job and the people who were leaving who now had to hand over their client information to the other group were dancing 
because they were happy to be leaving and they could get out of there. So it was just little pieces like that, huge effects. So both on the resident population and on the caregiver. I look at the institutions as um, whole worlds, not just we only serve the, the clients. We have to serve those caregivers as well. They're working way too hard for way Absolutely. too low money. Absolutely. Are there some tips uh, that you have to use creativity as a healing modality? Yes. So I have um, a program that I offer that actually offers five different ways to use creative engagement in because people are different thinkers. You know, neurodiversity is a big word now. And um, I think it speaks to all of us who are more visual, maybe who are auditory learners. Maybe we learn by touch. So the idea with the five tips is to kind of try to reach each of those groups. So first we work on an expectation of the day, then we add to that a little brain gym, which is a kinesthetic um, workout to actually help your left and right brain engage more evenly, because we're a lot of us are very left brain, you know, the logical thinking part. And then we go in and we create um, a, gift a gift note note card for someone in their world. Maybe it's a birthday card, maybe it's an Easter card, whatever timing we're at, or maybe it's a note card to themselves, a, a self-love note, which is also yeah. super important. And after we create this, then we work on what kind of music would appeal to this image that we've created. And maybe we come up with a couple of songs, maybe at the time we try to sing them, you know, now with the internet, I can get YouTube to sing it for me. It's great because you don't <laughs> want to hear me sing necessarily. Um, and then we also might work on um, what words to put inside the note and we'll create a haiku, which is a short poem form, um, pretty easy to learn. And it helps people again, just get a little more active in their right brain. They're using their creative side, not so much their logistical side, and it gives them ease. It literally changes their mood. Um, and then, of course, all of this gives them self-care. So whether I'm working with clients who are, you know, um, experiencing life with dementia, or maybe they've survived a stroke, or maybe they are experiencing the results of Parkinson's or MS, if I can get them engaged for this, you know, 35 to an hour, 35 minutes to an hour, then it's ease that carries on and sort of like a pebble in a pond it has that ripple effect and and spans out it's beautiful to watch the change i always do like a before how are you feeling and then an after how are you feeling it, i i've rarely seen it fail and talk about duration so you said 35 minutes or 30 minutes to 45 minutes how often are uh, are you engaging with with these individuals so that kind of depends. I mean, usually at this point, I'm I'm not doing one-to-one -one, um, care for our clients. We have 400 certified nursing aides who do that. Right, right. But what I brought to home care, and, and this is an interesting thing that I don't think any other home care company is doing because they don't have a me yet. <laughs> I haven't cloned yet. Um, is we're asking our caregivers as part of their onboarding to fill out a creativity survey. And the survey has lots of different ways you can use creativity as a healing modality. And we wanna identify, we wanna honor, and we wanna engage the caregiver 
to use their natural abilities in their work. It makes them feel better, it empowers them, and it gives us something special to offer our clients. On the other side, we have our clients filling out this very similar survey saying, what does mom like to do? Is there a particular genre of music? Is there a particular um, you know, movement practice? Did she used to waltz with her husband? Her husband's long dead. Well, the caregiver can learn to waltz. I mean, you know, it doesn't take much. And if we can use that as part of our metrics to match the caregiver with the client, and we can find some commonality there, poof, we've got magic. And yeah. it's a beautiful thing to watch. Can creative engagement be tailored to both group and individual dynamics? Absolutely. And in my practice now, I do this in big groups. I had okay. 53 people at my last um, program in Leisure World, and I was shocked. I only had cookies for 50, <laughs> but it was really sweet. And that is a different experience, obviously. Oh my goodness, that was crashing okay. thunder lightning. Um, so experiencing creative engagement in a group works really well. It's also wonderful to work one-to-one -one or one-to-five even. So if you have a caregiver in a community, um, you know, a CCRC or assisted living or independent living, and you wanna provide creative engagement to a small group who are at a similar level of dementia, say, it really helps to have that connection with them where you can learn something different about these clients as well. So from the caregiver's perspective, by reaching in and looking at places where they find ease and joy from creative engagement, it becomes another way to assess their ability and who they really were before dementia settled in. You know, so, so many times as caregivers, we meet a client who's already advanced in their disease. And it's very challenging to know where they came from. Even if you read their chart, it doesn't really share their soulful things. Right. Did this, I mean, I remember Ruth Bader Ginsburg used to love opera, but you know, not everybody knew that about her. I mean, we know her as a superior Supreme Court justice, but you know, she had a love of opera, she had a love of theater, um, and that would be a connection that we would wanna make with a person who is now in decline, who may have loved opera at some point. If somebody's watching this and they take care of a loved one at home, can you talk about the difference between what an activity is versus engagement? That is a brilliant question, Jason, because I think there is a, there's, it's not the action that's different, it's the intention that's different. Yeah. You can garden and grow peas, and what you're looking for is the outcome of how many peas you get out of the garden. Or you can garden because being in the sunshine and moving dirt with your hands and smelling the aromas of a garden and watering your plants and watching each seedling come up out of the earth is engaging. And that's really the difference. It's not the outcome that we're looking for, it's the process as we go along. So the intention is to bring joy, not harvest peas. Right. If the peas fail, who cares? We'll go buy peas in the frozen food section. It's okay. Yeah. 
Um, however, the process of making that each step happen engages us so fully that we lose track of time. And it's very similar to what um, the experts say about meditation. And we all know now that meditation is so, so good for us, um, focusing on our breath and where it comes from and how it comes in and out of our bodies. Mm-hmm. It's very similar to that when you drop down into what I call the beta energy. So we get out of our alpha energy, our everyday, we have to do this, this, and this. And we drop down into that beta energy that takes us away from the world. And honestly, for some people, they come out of the practice and they go, wow, two hours have gone by? What happened? And it's not because of memory loss. It's because they were so engaged that they lost track of time. They lost track of the pain they were in. They lost track of that energy of anxiousness. We see a lot of that, especially in um, nursing home communities. You know, residents are a little anxious. They don't live in their own homes anymore. They're in crazy environments. It's unsettling. So you come into this sacred space. You know, we create this beautiful art space and they can just find ease. It's, It's awesome. Can any activity be a means for engagement? I would say yes. I think that when we set an intention, whether it's playing golf or um, cooking, you know, it's different if you're cooking quick, quick, I got to get this out and fed, feed my kids. And, oh, I'm going to take time. I'm going to read this recipe. I'm going to smell my herbs as they go in. I'm going to pick them fresh from the garden. Different process, different outcome. You know, whether it's more nutritious or not, I can't get into, but I think the love in it, you definitely would feel. So I think there's a, um, an element in this, and I know we've seen this in the home care industry, where the caregiver feels less exhausted at the end of the shift, because she's able to restore during this creativity process. So say, for instance, I had a care, a client who said to me, my mother loves to sing hymns. If you can find a caregiver who loves to sing hymns, she will be over the moon. Okay, so besides all the other criteria she needed to meet, this caregiver happened to sing hymns. Did they sing from the same church and the same books? Don't know, but I gotta tell you, they hit it off. They appreciated each other's music, they connected over that, and both of them had a sense of renewal at the end of the eight hours or whatever, however many hours our caregiver was there, rather than a feeling of, oh, I've I've given everything. Instead, she got something back too. And it's just a, it's it's that, that connection that seems to make the work that much more able, helpful. Yeah, I, I remember early on, when we started knowledgeable aging, I was talking to somebody and they talked about the idea of engagement. And they said that the idea is not to focus on the task, but the individual. And and listening to you talk about it, right? It's 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 not the 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 mean to the end, but it's the the journey. Right. And you know, I found in working in groups, we'd often have um, somebody who would not want to participate. Oh, I can't draw, I can't write, I can't do any of those things. Well, Part of it is because nobody has offered a pen or pencil to this person in months. We find that happens because once they're in the nursing home, they don't sign anything anymore. Who writes a check? 
very few people. Um, you know, so they're not actually writing. They're actually not using that skill. And it's such an intrinsic part of us. One of our most natural ways of making art is to sign our name. That's why handwriting experts get paid so much money yeah. because each one is so individual. So just getting folks to write their name, that's one of my warmups, is awesome. And they, they look at that and they go, wow, I never looked at it as design. I only looked at it as a means to get my check cashed at the bank. You know, so it's very exciting when you can work with somebody who's had that um, ability sort of taken away for a little bit and bringing it back in a different way. We had an artist, um, I did an artist in residence program where I brought in artists over 65 to have retrospective exhibitions of their work. So there'd be like 50 to 100 pieces in these shows. It was fantastic. And one of the artists had come to us from, she was a sculptor from Mexico. She had originally was born in Philadelphia, fell in love, moved to Mexico with her Mexican husband. They built a fabulous life. He was an engineer and they traveled the world. They had a great life. And all the time she studied sculpture and made these beautiful bronze sculptures. But when she came to this country again, she was a frail little old lady who was suffering from um, MS. And so I engaged with her and she agreed to have this exhibition. And she came to the opening in her wheelchair in full Mexican regalia. I mean, she looked amazing. And she said, with tears in her eyes, I came to this country as a little old lady and I had lost my artist self. And you have restored that with this exhibition. Wow. Yeah. I mean, the goosebumps rise every time I say that story. Yeah. But that's what creativity can do. And even if you're not a professional artist, I'm not trying to um, launch brand new careers in the arts. We could do that. We could set that intention and say, okay, these five people are, are going to go forth and try to become artists. That's not really what we're talking about. We're talking about making art as a way of feeling better, as a way of accomplishing something, bringing that self-esteem back, building your personal ego so that you can feel like you are an honored person again. Our culture isn't very good at honoring elders. Yeah, that's for we sure. We don't have that natural, the American way is not really right there. I heard a heartwarming story today about a man who turned 100 years old and through the grapevine and through a, a magazine ad story, a magazine story, I should say, he um, was featured that his 100th birthday was coming up and he would love to receive cards. Well, you can imagine, he received 400 cards. Wow. That's not usual. No. And I don't understand why it isn't. You know, it's yeah. like, you know. Yeah, um, that's a touching story. Wow. Um, I want to circle back on the creativity within the client or group. How do you know what's specific or what is most effective for that, say, group and or individual, especially as time goes by? So typically part of my warm up is actually a secret assessment. Okay. 
So I've been in this field long enough to be able to determine without the medical side of it, where this person might be in their cognitive challenges. And if they have cognitive challenges, um, you know, some people present really well when they sit at the table, but as soon as you have them try to, you know, connect two dots, they're, it's impossible. Mm -hmm. So there are techniques like that. Um, in terms of individuals and laying out like a dosage of creativity, and I have to say one of the fun things we did at the VA also is we created prescription pads that were for creative engagement and it had checkoffs and the veterans could check off what kind of creative engagement they wanted and how often, or they might have it recommended by a social worker or a nurse or a family member, but everybody used them and then they put them in a box and then the volunteers took them out and said, oh, this guy wants something read to him. Okay, great, we're off. You know, this person wants to, to make a note card for a friend. This person wants to do a collage, whatever. It was just such a delightful way to engage everybody in wow. how to use this. So if we, if we can determine what works best for this person, because it's all person-centered, yep. then that could be trial and error. It could be something that they come up with. It could be something that a social worker finds out and tells me or tells the um, creative engage, engagement specialist. And you know, when you're working with a group, you want to meet everybody where they are. So again, like I said, in that other group scenario, we had folks who hadn't had pencils in their hand in a long time. We also had people who, because they refused to, to do the activity, I asked them to please be a witness. And witnessing the activity actually gives benefit as well. And you know, within a few minutes, somebody who's sitting next to somebody drawing says, hey, Mabel, how about if you use red next time? Or I don't know about what that thing is you're drawing there, but it's pretty, you know, <laughs> or whatever. Um, sometimes I would do, I would suggest that they do a collaborative. And if I had enough volunteers with me, I'd assign a volunteer to sit with them and start mm -hmm. drawing it, but let them pick the colors, let them pick the subject matter. And it becomes a collaboration. And um, that was always very rewarding. Absolutely. Does uh, engagement have to be physical or mental to be a success? Can there be other outcomes when it comes to engagement with an individual? In other words, is it is it is it like taking my father for a walk and doing, uh, and maybe he wants to do Taekwondo or he wants to do uh, something like that? Is it just about the physical nature or are we trying to tap into, you know, the, the spiritual aspect of it too? Oh, I think absolutely. I think yoga and Tai Chi and Taekwondo, any activity where you're connecting breath with movement is definitely sits into that um, creativity side. I think that the engagement factor, I mean, you know, some people love numbers mm -hmm. and maybe their thing is, you know, volunteering for a charity as a treasurer. But because they're not necessary, usually you don't get paid for volunteers like that. So you're not getting paid, you're doing what you love to do, and you're helping this organization move forward because now they have a reliable treasurer. That to me is very creative engagement. And I don't mean cooking the books creative, I mean, you know, straight up good creative engagement. <laughs> that was great. 
Oh, well, you just lost my train of thought on that one. I had a good question right on the tip of my tongue, but you uh, cooked the books. That's, that's good. Very good. Um, if I have a, a family member that I've just started to take care of in some way, shape, or form, is there a wrong way to get started with creative engagement? I would say the number one rule is it's, there is no argument that you'll win when you're working with someone else, um, especially with cognitive challenges. So it's better to approach creative engagement from the side of what a lot of people are reluctant to start making an art piece, say, or maybe they're reluctant to write a poem. But if you put it on yourself first and show by modeling, that usually helps ease it in. I've had to do that numerous times um, where you feel like, you know, it's like asking somebody to dance and they're very shy about it. But if you model how comfortable you are in that and show that control of action, then they usually are like, oh, okay, then I'm safe here, I can move forward. And it's the same with making a painting or a drawing. And, you know, a lot of people take the, take, uh, take offense if everybody doesn't like their piece. So I try to go around the room at the end and say one thing you like about this person's piece. Yeah. I don't want to hear what you don't like, but you tell me. And usually somebody can come up with something nice, like I like that color, or I like that, you know, I like the shape you made, something. But I think for, for connecting it back to say, we know this may be challenging for you, but let's give it a try. I'm willing to give it a try. I'll start. If you want to jump in, you know, the water's fine or the jump rope won't tangle your legs or whatever, you know, whatever you're working with. Because, you know, for some people, anything new is going to be scary. And one of the tools that Gene Cohen devised is called Making Memories Together Game. And we've had the honor and privilege of distributing these games for the past couple of years. He's since passed and his widow mm -hmm. contacted us. And this game is about using old photographs and the story that goes along with the photograph to do a simple board game. So they become the playing cards, these photos and stories. And just making the cards is a huge creative engagement. So oh, yeah. looking at old photographs with somebody who has cognitive challenges is a huge success because those are typically memories that they still can get to. Tap into. Yeah. Right. But if they say this is Aunt Jo and you know it's Aunt Jane, not worth arguing. <laughs> you can say, oh, okay, didn't know that. Move on. You know, it's not about our understanding of creativity. It's theirs. And you have to let them own that. Yeah. How has COVID changed the uh, creative engagement, um, whether it's in a professional setting and or personal setting? That's a great one. Well, guess what? Zoom. Hello. It's been great. I have taught more five tips classes over Zoom than I can count on my fingers and toes. Um, and I... I wouldn't have done that before. And a good friend of mine has been teaching on Zoom for a long time, longer than COVID. And she showed me how to use like a second camera 
so that I could show the artwork at the same time that I'm talking about it. So we've all become, uh, you know, stage managers and costume designers and makeup artists and all that. Um, Zoom has been very friendly for that. I think it's difficult to, for folks with um, dementia and Alzheimer's, it's difficult to have the masks on for themselves. They don't understand, they don't remember why. And for the caregivers, it cuts a lot of the communication yeah. because they can't see the full face. So even if they're not understanding the words that are coming out of a caregiver's mouth, they may understand the look on their face. And so that's been challenging. And of course, we've had the clear plastic shields and you know we've done lots of different things with clear plastic masks. Um, but for folks who are, you know, have other issues besides the cognitive issue, you know, more physical impairments, the, the masking up and the um, has not been an issue. The isolation has been an issue. Yeah. So I was doing um, supporting through creative engagement, a stroke support group in Montgomery County. And we met every month in a clubhouse. You know, we all talked in person and all that. When we went to Zoom, not only did we have more people, but they were able to hear better each individual because like you and I, we're just faces on a screen. You yep. can read our lips really well. We can do closed captioning underneath if we choose. I mean, the technology is just so much better if they can get online. So we spent a lot of time teaching how to get on Zoom or yeah. go to webinar or whatever your favorite online screening system is. So that was a big change too. Who knew I was gonna you know, have to be a technology wizard for this? <laughs> Very good. Well, this has been wonderful. So Patricia, how can people find you? Ah, so my name again is Patricia Dubrock. I am the Director of Community Relations at Assisting Hands Home Care of Potomac and Reston. We serve all of Montgomery County and Fairfax County. Um, we are at assistinghands.com slash Potomac is our website. And my email address, P Dubroff, P-D-U-B-R-O-O-F at assistinghands.com. My direct phone number is 301-363-2587. And I am totally available to answer questions about home care 101, how to get the best possible care for your loved one or yourself, and how to engage in creatively engagement so that you can find joy and find ease and have a better life. Wonderful. This has been great. Thank you, uh, Patricia. As far as Knowledgeable Aging, you can go to our website, knowledgeableaging.com, see all of our upcoming and archive webinars. Go to YouTube. Um, I encourage you to subscribe. We update that several times per month. If podcasts are your thing, you can find us on Apple Tunes, Spotify, etc. Till next time, I'm your host, Jason Kotar. This is Knowledgeable Aging. Mm -hmm.